For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good undefeated Thursday morning, Birds fans. You got your Mac guys here on Birds 365. And what we have to admit is kind of a weird day, weird show, weird situation. The Eagles are in. Eagles put their undefeated record on the line tonight against a team that they should, by all rights and means, handle quite easily. But you never know in the National Football League. We're here to give you some insight for the next couple hours. Got two good guests coming your way. You got me, Jody McDonald, in my usual ocean setup. And then we got Johnny Mac with the privacy curtains hanging in the back at the luxurious Marriott that he's staying down in Houston. Uh, No travel issues yesterday, Mr. McMullen? Well, there were some, but, you know, uh, just nothing serious. Just... uh... The run of the mill. Travel is not easy in the modern era. Let's put it that way, Jay. With uh, security needing to be what it is. All right. Glad you made it down to Houston safe and sound, as did the uh, Eagles. I don't know if you happen to come in at the same time. The Eagles did. Uh, Big Martin Wilson on the Eagles for once. I rarely beat the Eagles. I beat the Eagles uh, down here. So uh, don't know if you heard a little birdie told you. It sounds like you didn't actually see the team arrive. Big Marvin Wilson on the plane because uh, we know that Jordan Davis wasn't officially put on IR yesterday. So the Eagles have a spot on the defensive line to fill with a player. And I assume that's the way they're going to go rather than bring up someone else from the practice squad to play a different position. You tell me. 
Uh, we're certainly going to talk about how Jonathan Gannon will deploy his defensive line sans Jordan Davis going forward. But first things first, do we know who's getting the call up to the big leagues for the roster to replace Jordan Davis? No, that's an interesting question on Thursday night games. I'll try to look into that uh, as the show goes on, because the, normally for a Sunday game, you have to make those decisions by Saturday at four o'clock. But I think there's um, I think there's some dispensation for the Thursday night games. But to tell you the truth, I don't know offhand. I got to double check that in one of the breaks. Um Either way, because of the short week, I don't think you're going to see much difference um, in, in how the Eagles, and I think they're going to try to cobble it together with Marlon, Tui Pelotu, and Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave. A little bit of everybody uh, trying to do what uh, Jordan Davis does for this defense. And then they'll have the 11 days or whatever it is in between Houston and Washington on Monday night. And then I think they'll come up with a more concrete plan. They're going to have the roster spot. They may even bring Marvin Wilson up to the 53. But I do know I talked to Milton Williams before I left, uh, and he said, well, you know, that's not my job, those big packages. I mean, he's a three technique. So it's got to be Marlin. It's got to be Javon Hargrave. It's got to be a little bit of Fletcher Cox. And let's be honest, they don't want to play there, um, not Marlin. But uh, Fletcher and Javon, they're not comfortable playing in that position. That's a lot of the reason why Jordan Davis is here to begin with. Um, and and, and Javon wasn't that effective doing it last year. He was a great pass rusher, but was not a very good run defender. So it's something to keep an eye on. Certainly, you know, what bothered me most about that, Joe, was – Nick Sirianni, while I was on the plane, did his uh, press conference uh, and was still playing coy with Jordan Davis. I, 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 and, and, you know, hours later, he goes on IR. I mean, what are you doing, coach? Come on. He, I mean, loves, he loves every minute of that competitive advantage, Johnny Mac. I mean, I, I, well, that's more inside baseball, I guess, so it's not that big of a deal for fans, but I, I, I just don't understand it. I, I really don't. It, you know, there's a lot of goodwill around this team. There's no use doing stuff like that. Everybody knows he's hurt. Everybody knows he's, you know, the only question was, is he going to miss four games or could he maybe push and be back for that fourth game? Uh, and obviously maybe then you carry him on the 53 for the latter, but it's a four to six week injury, best case scenario. I mean, it's a big deal. Just say week to week. Do a Doug Peterson. And, you know, stop the nonsense. Uh, my my one request. And uh, you request everyone else who comes to the Eagles request it. The coach hadn't changed in a year and a half now. He he truly believes. Oh, he's worse this year, Joe. He's worse this year than he was last year. You think he, so? Yeah, he was a little bit more honest last okay. year. This year. Maybe maybe the perfect record is, you know, maybe superstition is creeping into it. Don't know uh, why they, the, the coach in this one particular thing does it. Well, I know why he does it. I just think he's misguided in that they're somehow getting this major advantage by keeping the other team in the dark about how injured their players are. It's pretty well out there that Jordan Davis had a high ankle sprain. We knew it. You knew it. I knew it. All Eagle fans knew it. The Texans knew it, too. So 
coach, you got to kind of give it up. But it's now order under the bridge because Davis is on the IR, which means he's going to miss the next three games, one of which includes the Colts, who we know can run the football. Can't do a hell of a lot else, but they can run the football. Um, so that will be a, uh, a game that we're going to have to keep our eye on. But Damian Pierce is the guy who will carry the load tonight for the Texans. Pretty darn good rookie running back. I think you make the argument that uh, he's as good as any other rookie running back in the league this year. I was kind of uh, a Brees Hall fan with the Jets up until when he got hurt. Uh, so now Pierce is is arguably the best rookie running back, and he is certainly the Texans' number one running back. You think the Eagles might have some issues with him tonight, Sons Jordan Davis? <clears throat> Boy, I, I I don't think they should. I mean, you know, any other week I would probably tell you, yeah. I mean, you know how I feel um, about Jordan Davis, and I think his impact is – is bigger than most people realize, even though he doesn't play a, a ton. Um, this is a bad football team, Jody. You know, I, I give Jimmy Kemsky going the Clemson route. He went, you know, it's not like Clemson uh, is scheduling Wofford. I like the Wofford reference, but uh, I always go Alabama, Louisiana, Monroe for Doug Peterson purposes. Uh, um, where he, he, In college, there are certain points of the schedule. They're off weeks. Let's be honest. There is literally no chance for those teams. It's not the case in the NFL. This is as close as you get. I mean, this is as close as you get uh, for a team having, even on the road in a short week, where this should be a logical loss for the Eagles against an average team. If they had to go 1,500 miles on a short week, no preparation. Even at seven and zero, I would look at this game and be very, very wary against a five hundred team. This is a bad football team. This is a team in the conversation for being number thirty two out of thirty two. And you start talking about players like Damian Pierce because what else are you going to talk about? I mean, Brandon Cooks is a good player, but he doesn't want to play because he didn't get traded, and he probably isn't going to play. Um, you know, he missed practice such as it is this week with personal reasons because he was mad at the Texans for not getting him out of there. Um, so Jonathan Gannon was Lou Holtzen, as I like to call it, Lou Holtzen up Damian Pierce earlier in the week. What else are you going to do? But, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a player that's going to scare you. Um, and you should be able to load the box and, you know, maybe – make up for Jordan Davis's absence that way against this team. They have a bad offensive line with the exception of, of, of Tunsil. Um, their first round pick, um, Kenyon Green is getting beaten up. Um, you know, he went viral. Jeffrey Simmons put him on skates last week. I mean, six yards back in the, in the backfield. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to talk about somebody. So you talk about Pierce, but, no, I, you know, it's not like Derrick Henry, uh, who we'll be talking about in, in, in weeks up the road. So, um, I, I guess you got to talk about somebody. So they talk about Damian Pierce. Well, I, I think the guy's a little more legit than you do. But again, uh, something the Eagles overall should be quaking in their boots for. No, you're right. He's not Derrick Henry, but um, I do think he is a legit 
good starting NFL back, considering he's only got seven games under his belt. I don't know that they have that many other guys that fit that, fit that role on this team, John. Your point that they're just a bad football team. They're one five and one on merit is accurate, <clears throat> including their starting quarterback. You missed out on him yesterday. Our buddy John McClain hopped on, who last year had told me, look at the way Davis Mills is finishing up. He, those last five weeks of the season, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. And his numbers did say that. I just didn't like the talent. I didn't like the way he threw the football, and I didn't think he was a starting NFL quarterback. And when John was on it yesterday, he said, yeah, the kid has regressed uh, badly this year, that uh, things have gone backwards for him. Uh, people are having trouble remembering the couple of good games that he played at the end of last season. Now, there's somebody you can't even force feed. That 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 is completely <laughs> and utterly attempting to find an angle to be able to talk about Davis Mills does not scare me a little bit coming into tonight's game. No, and, you know, he's uh, a cautionary tale of, of those late games of a season where your season's already over and there's no pressure and you play from behind a lot. So maybe you put up some statistics and it's just, it's just a big difference from when you're expected to go into a season and compete and win games and all of a sudden – um, things go poorly as they have for Houston. Um, and expectedly, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of talent around him and they've had some bad breaks and, you know, they drafted John Mechie, who was, I thought a good pick and it's certainly where they got him, um, as a potential slot receiver. Everybody probably remembers him from Alabama and he got diagnosed with leukemia. So hopefully he's doing well, um, you know, Cooks is a is still a, a, a good receiver, but he doesn't want to play for this team. You mentioned Pierce. Uh, Tunsil's a really good tackle. So there are, you know, I always say every team has good players, uh, and that's the case in, in, in with the Texans. Steve Nelson, our old friend, is playing well um, down there. You mentioned Desmond King, I know, leading up to the trade deadline. He's playing pretty well. Uh, the front sevens. I'm looking at it real quick. They're not playing. Jerry Hughes is sort of like their Robert Quinn. Like he's, but he's playing better than Robert Quinn was playing in Chicago. He's old, but he can still rush the passer. Um, and and they were looking to move him because he still had some value. Um, they they have good players, but not a lot. Not a All lot right. compared to the rest of the league. Johnny, let me run this by you, and then we're going to punch up our first guest. Guy's never been on the show before. I've had him on uh, my radio shows over the years as a uh, guest, and he does a good job. Got a new gig these days, um, is covering the entire NFC East for Fox Sports. Ralph Fecchiano is going to hop in with us coming up in uh, five minutes from now. Um, Dave Zingau wrote a, a fun piece yesterday on NBC Sports Philly about the Eagles not falling prey to boredom that with a seven and oh record a little distance between themselves and the other teams in the NFC East and a schedule that says the Eagles should continue to win. You have a little bit of a fear with boredom. And he said, you shouldn't worry about that with the Eagles because of Nick Sirianni, uh, Jalen hurts, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, the leadership on this team and the coaching on this team won't let that happen. But I have a partner who does a show with me every day called Birds 365, who says, don't ever forget about human nature. 
that sometimes human nature creeps its ugly head into things. And if ever there's a game to get bored with, that would be tonight's game. No hometown crowd, no real opposition. Oh, by the way, the crowd that's going to be there will probably be more interested in the Astros and Phillies than they will be the Texans and the Eagles. Is boredom a potential pitfall for the Eagles tonight? Yeah, it is. I think they will be bored. In fact, I I I I would be surprised if they're not lack lackadaisical at times, but they're still going to win the game. I mean, Jalen Hurts is coming back to Houston to play for the first time. I think he's going to want to perform at a high level in front of his friends and family. I think that's part of it that combats it. Oh, Eagles fans are taking over that stadium. My flight down here, Jody, all Eagles fans. Uh, uh, you know, early in the morning, it might be kind of annoying, but I mean, all Eagles fans coming down to, to go to this football game, um, many dressed in Eagles gear and Phillies gear, they were doubling up. Uh, by the way, did you see the Astros put up some high-level trolling? They they got an old picture of Jalen Hurts and his Houston stuff. High-level no, trolling. Really? The Houston Astros. Um, but he's coming back to Houston. He's going to want to perform at a high level. Um, but I expect, yeah, I expect some, uh, if you want to call it boredom, uh, if you want to call it human nature, whatever. I, it's a short week. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people saying they can throw their helmets out there and beat this team, which they're probably right, those people. Um, so I expect some uh, boredom-like moments. In this game. And um, I know that you had to get down to Houston so you can get all the availability. Uh, did Jalen <laughs> comment on the fact that he's not only from Houston, it's a going home game, but that he grew up as an Astros fan? Has he been able to dodge that bullet all week? Oh, yeah, he dodged fact? it. Yeah, he's great at that stuff. He said, loves Houston, has a lot of respect for Houston, grew up in Houston. Philly's my home now. Um, he, he shouldn't even have to answer those questions, but he does because of his position. Um, but we know who he's rooting for, and that's fine, by the way. You shouldn't, you shouldn't worry about that. He can do, you know, he's not, you know, it's not a big deal. That's You and I have of, talked about that before. Exactly. That's one of the things that I do laugh when it comes to fandom and dealing with uh, uh, fans on the radio and, and callers and the like. You expect the players, just because they're drafted in a town, to forget that the first 20 years of their life existed. <laughs> oh, no, no. As soon as you put on a Philadelphia uniform, you got to be a four-for-four four guy and root for every single thing. If a Philadelphia kid did that, if he had been a Flyer fan, Sixer fan, Philly fan his entire life, and he landed with another football team, you'd say, oh, of course you have to keep your ego loyalty. Well, no, you got to go become a fan of the other team because you expect the guys who come here to Philadelphia to do the same thing. It is. It's as hypocritical as it as it is. Uh, I do. I do laugh when uh, that stuff comes up. But again, just another nod of the cap to the Eagles quarterback because he never gets tripped up by this stuff. No, he is so narrow focused and so on point that even when something like this, because who cares if he's an Astro fan? Except, of course, when the Phillies and Astros are playing in the World Series, then it does become at least a talking point. 
not in Jalen Hurts' sphere because he does. He has the ability to just keep things uh, narrow focused and on the task at hand. And the task at hand is getting this game over and done with, staying healthy, winning by, if you're planning on betting tonight's game, at least two touchdowns since it's up to 13 and a half now. Eagles a 13 and a half point road favorite. Damn. Uh, you're right. This this does on paper seem to be a mismatch. We shall see. All right. Uh, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Coming up next, we're going to have a first-time guest here on the show. Not a first-time guest for me. I've had him on my radio show many a time over the years. I uh, did a great job writing for a couple of New York outlets. He's a national guy now. For Fox Sports covers the entire NFC East. We'll talk all things NFC East next with Ralph Vecchiano of Fox Sports here on Verse 365. Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pondley Hockey on Instagram and check out our posts for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds. Welcome to Pondley Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. And Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. You 
got your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. We're going to not only talk Eagles, but the entire NFC East with our next guest. I've been having him on my shows on the radio side for years. Good to get him here on Birds 365. He went national on us this year, uh, joining Fox Sports. Uh, my buddy, Ralph Vacchiano, uh, joins us here on Birds 365. Ralph, good to have you. And before the season started, did you know the NFC East, which two years ago was certainly the NFC least, was going to become the NFC beast, best division in football? You you had that all mapped out before the year started, right? Yeah, absolutely. And look, after you know decades of covering the Giants and Jets, I know winning football when I see it. So uh, you know, <laughs> clearly, I had this pegged. <laughs> if I were you, Ralph, I would take credit for it. It's yeah. obviously your move to covering the NFC East has made them relevance again. Everybody, I, I even the this, Washington Commanders, by the way, I, in, I a, in a weird way. It's crazy. I took this job thinking I'd be it would be nice and quiet. Nobody would pay attention <laughs> to me. I would just collect some paychecks. And sure enough, here's the spotlight. <laughs> All right, we want to start in uh, our own backyard here because we're pretty proud with the seven and zero record the Eagles have put up, seeing as they are the only undefeated team in football uh, this week. They've got a Texans team which seems woefully overmatched and. John and I were just talking about, did they have to be aware of boredom tonight that they think they can just throw their helmets out on the field and win the game? Um, <clears throat> you've been covering the NFL for many a year. Uh, have you seen that? Is that just a, a, a sports talk narrative? Or have you seen instances where teams came in, knew they were the better team, and then just either weren't ready or weren't prepared or didn't have their mindset straight? Uh, is there any chance that happens tonight in Houston? Well, I think it can be real at times. You know, there's so much preparation that goes into a specific opponent every week that it's hard to imagine, you know, that there are Eagles or any, any anybody on a team sitting in all these meetings and film sessions dreaming of the next opponent, not the one they're facing. So, um, but I think it's kind of human nature at some point, you know, you, there's going to be a letdown. Uh, you know, the odds are pretty good that this Eagles team is not going to be undefeated. At some point, there's going to be a stinker that nobody is expecting. Um, it's hard to see it against this Texans team. They are really, really bad in pretty much every phase of their game. Um, strange things do happen on Thursday nights, though. So yeah. you know, I wouldn't have expected a couple of weeks ago the, the Jaguars were up 14 nothing on the Eagles. I wouldn't have expected that, knowing what I know of the Jaguars. But, you know, a ball tips off of, uh, I forget who it was, kind of game well, I think it was, that Jalen Hurts throws. All of a sudden, it's a pick six. All of a sudden, it's 14 nothing. So, there certainly could be a break. Uh, you know, we've seen the Eagles have trouble tackling at times, uh, which, you know, they're the young running back in Houston, Damon Pierce, certainly could be a threat. Um, you know, there aren't a lot of other holes in the Eagles offense. We've seen them slow down on offense in the second half. That could always be a problem. But this just doesn't feel like the matchup where they should have any of those troubles. But, yeah, I mean, I guess anything's possible. Yeah, you know, Ralph, I asked Nick Sirianni, and I didn't expect him to give me an honest answer. I asked him about trap games, and I expected to get the coach speak. And he said, yeah, they exist. Now, he never admits when they are, though. He'll never admit when a trap game is here. Short week, 1,500 miles away. They usually don't make you travel this far on a short week uh, if you're the road team in the NFL. Um if this were even a mediocre team, I might say this is the spot where the Eagles are going to trip up. But, man, I can't find anything with Houston. We're talking about a rookie running back. Laramie Tunsil is a very good player. 
Yeah. Brandon Cooks is probably not going to play because he's upset he didn't get traded. Mm -hmm. Are we seeing another one and done with Houston and Lovey Smith? You know, it's certainly possible. You know, if you remember back when he was hired, they seemed to be looking at everybody on the coaching carousel other than him. It was almost as if, you know, they, they ran into him in the office one day. And, oh, gee, you'd make a good coach. So come on down. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I could certainly see with all the turmoil there, they, them deciding that, you know, he's one and done. It, he hasn't done a great job. But he doesn't have a great team. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've been a mess for so long. They're one of those organizations that you just sort of now expect there will be constant turnover until they can settle on the one guy and have some consistency. But I don't think that anybody in the league believes that Lovey Smith is there long-term, even if he does get past this year. want to get your take on what the national take on the Eagles is, because we have our own take here uh, day in, day out, watching and uh, covering the Eagles. A national take can be a different perspective. 7-0 is 7-0. There's no way to argue that. You can argue that the Bills should be power ranked number one, the Eagles number two. Uh, it really doesn't matter, but it's uh, good, fun sports talk stuff. But legit 7-0, Vikings only one loss, Cowboys and Giants only two losses apiece. How much in your eyes have the Eagles distanced themselves from everybody else in the NFC? Oh, I think a lot. Um, you know, I, I look at the the Cowboys as a legitimate threat. I look at the Vikings probably as a legitimate threat. I'm not so sure I believe completely in the Giants <clears throat> just yet. Um, but the Eagles, to me, now having seen all those teams, are far and above all the rest of them. I mean, you know, they, they obviously show they, they're far better than the Vikings. Um, you know, the Cowboys, I think, will get better with Dak Prescott there. But they've got some holes that the Eagles just don't have. I mean, I, I look at that team – and I don't see holes on the roster. And I love the way they're built. You know, I'm I'm old school. Playoff football to me is you're going to have to run the ball. You're going to have to stop the run. You're going to have to dominate the, the trenches, the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I know it's a passing league, but when it comes right down to it in the playoffs, you still need those normal intangibles. And the Eagles have them, I think, better than any team out there, maybe other than the Bills. I mean, the Bills to me are right, right up there with them. I think they're one and two in the league. I think nationally – you know, there might be a little bit of skepticism of where the Eagles rank, whether they are um, up there with the Chiefs and the Bills, only because they haven't shown that really explosive passing game that now everybody loves and everybody wants to see, because that's not the type of team they are. They're not, you know, yeah, they had a, they've had games obviously last week where they throw a lot and have a lot of touchdown passes, but you're not going to see Jalen Hurts go out there and have to throw for, 350 for them to win it's just not that type of team and I think that's what everybody thinks of now as a great team so there might be a little skepticism of whether they're one or three or four or five uh, but from what I've seen I don't know what team out there is better than them I'd love to see them play the Buffalo Bills right now I think that would be a fun matchup because those to me are the one and two teams in the league Ralph, let me uh, tap into that old school mentality of yours, because one of my concerns with the Eagles, and there aren't a lot, is tackling. Uh, they're yeah. not a good tackling team. They're, you know, if you believe pro football focus, they're 31st in the league. It's the only thing they don't do well besides special teams. They're not great on special teams as well. But when it comes to offense, defense, the only thing they're not graded highly in is tackling and Jordan Davis goes down uh, last week with a high ankle sprain so he's going to be out minimum of four games he was a big part 
of their run defense. He was a big part of turning first and 10 and the second and long or third and long. Um, all of a sudden, you don't have the big guy in the middle. You have undersized players at every level, Hassan Reddick up front. You got Kaiser White at linebacker, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's at corner, playing slot corner, playing safety. James Bradbury, you know very well, tackling down to the top of his resume. Darius Slay, same thing. John Sepp Saquon Barkley. Uh, Derrick Henry's coming up on the schedule. Jonathan Taylor. And we know January football is a lot different than September football. Could that be the Achilles heel? I mean, it certainly could be. Um, you know, I don't see an issue with anything they do on offense. So if there is an Achilles heel, it'll be on the defensive side. They can cover pickoff passes with the best of them. Um, the, the two issues I have, and it's, you know, it's look, it's nitpicking in terms of the oh, rest of the league. You know, you're putting them on a, 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 you know, are they good enough to go undefeated? Are they good enough to win a Super Bowl? You know, most teams would take their tackling. Most teams would take their pass rush. But I have issues with those two things as to whether they are the elite of the elite. The tackling is definitely a problem. Losing Jordan Davis is not going to help against teams that really can run the ball. I do go back and forth on that a little bit because it is, it's seemed to me, and I've watched every game now, obviously, of the Eagles, they don't tackle in bunches. And then they do tackle for periods of time well. You know, they had that Detroit game that I don't think they made a tackle in the entire game. It just constantly <laughs> yeah. uh, breaks. They're, they will go stretches of games where they're stopping guys like crazy. And then all of a sudden guys are breaking past them. And you know, it's that it's more to me, the inconsistency than their inability to do it. And the same with the pass rush, that pass rush will disappear for long periods of time. And then they'll come out and have two or three series in a row where they're all over the quarterback. And, I don't quite know the answer to that as to why it just comes and goes, but could it be an Achilles heel? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something to watch. You know, if you're, you're wondering who could take them out in the playoffs, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't think the giants have the passing game to really do that. I think you can load up against the run, but sure. Saquon Barkley could come in and you tell me he's going to get 150 on him. I'd buy that. Same with the Cowboys. If they could come in and Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott could do something like that. Yeah, I, I buy that completely because that's that run defense is an Achilles heel, and I think the pass rush is as well. All right, you started to answer my next question, but let me get a little bit more out of you about the team that, yes, you covered for years, the Giants. Uh, you said uh, previously that the Cowboys seem a little bit more legit to you right now than the Giants. Both teams, same record, but they did face off, and the Cowboys won up there in New York. So I think most people would agree with you if you're putting them in order. The standing say right now, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants. Um, is it just Daniel Jones and his inability to throw the football? The the Giants offense is just Saquon right, Saquon left, and a cloud of dust. Um, they are 6-2. and two. They've, they've got one of the best records in the conference what is it about the Giants that you're not ready to call them a true contender yet? Yeah, you know, I'm swimming upstream here because they are six and two, and that that matters. And a lot of Giants fans keep telling me, you know, shut up with the the criticism. Of them. They're six and two. Who's better than them? My problem is well, I have two problems. One is I'm conditioned to the losing. I've covered them for a decade. I'm just used to this team not being very good. Uh, but the other is, you know, this is a passing era, and they can't pass. I actually like Daniel Jones as a quarterback. And I think in the right situation, he could be a good quarterback. And the fact that he can run and is smart about when he runs um, is a huge weapon to have. But 
I don't know that I've ever seen a worse receiving core than what the Giants have. You know, they they got Darius Slayton is their best receiver. He was their fifth receiver going into the season. They tried desperately to trade him in the summer and nobody would take him. Their second best receiver is Wandale Robinson, a rookie who's <clears> five <throat> foot eight. And he's played, you know, he's on his what third game. Their third receiver is Marcus Johnson, who's been on like seven teams in six years and was including the Eagles. Club. Marcus Johnson, good guy, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah, terrific guy, but should be your fifth yeah. or sixth yeah. receiver. So they're loading up all these fifth and sixth receivers, throwing them out there. Nobody's getting open. Uh, they're dropping passes. They they just can't move the ball through the air. And I think if you do that, what they're seeing, what they saw in Seattle, is teams are just going to load up more than I've ever seen against the run. And, and yeah, Saquon Barkley is always a threat for a big game, but he's one of those guys. He's got a little Barry Sanders in him without maybe the hall of fame ability yet where, you know, he'll go long stretches of not doing a whole lot and then break off one run. And that's always a threat and always important. But if you got those long stretches of doing absolutely nothing on the ground and you can't throw the ball, I don't know how they can win a lot of games down the stretch. I could see this, you know, they're going to the playoffs. I'm sure it's six and two, but you know, if you tell me, okay, they're going to end up with nine wins. Yeah. I could sort of see that happening in the second half. Yeah. I'm with you, Ralph. I, I don't believe in the giants just yet. I do believe in Brian Dayball. I do believe in, in Joe Shane. And I think the giants finally got it right. And you talk about your history, Tom Coughlin, Jerry Reese. I mean, since they moved on from those guys, it's been a disaster, coach after coach. Yeah. Uh, we know Dave Gettleman. You talk about the receiver position. They got Kenny Galladay. Jody can tell you I hated that Kadarius Tony pick, and he's out and, and so quickly. Um, it, it, it's just been a disaster. Now they're going in the right direction, but I think they're even ahead in their own minds. I think oh, they yeah. were saying, all right, this is a rebuild. Uh, and they're way ahead of where they thought they would be. The Eagles and the Cowboys have been coasting. All of a sudden, the Giants have the right people in place. Washington's going to have the right people in place, or at least better people. shouldn't say right people. Looks like Daniel Snyder's going to be forced to sell this team, not because of the NFL, but because of Congress investigating him. Should the Eagles and Cowboys say, oh, oh, uh, we're not going to have those free passes pretty quickly? Well, yeah, I think I think they definitely should be looking at it like that. Um, you know, I think they had to figure that those teams were going to turn it around eventually. Um, you know, the Giants certainly have a history of doing it. And, they, you know, you can't <laughs> much much as it feels like it sometimes in New York, you can't lose forever. At some point, you're going to start winning. So um, but yeah, the Giants, I think, are headed in the right direction. I think they're definitely ahead of schedule. I always go back to. Joe Shane's preseason press conference when we asked him for expectations and he said, we're going to do the best we can with what we have, which is not exactly, you know, we're going to the Super Bowl. It was, you know, a pretty stark admission of, I don't know what we have here. And, you know, they didn't have cap room to do anything. They're, they're piecing it together. Um, it, this, this team is not their long-term plan. This team is what they were stuck with. So um, they're targeting next year and beyond when they've got the salary cap space, when they've got, a chance to bring in more of their own guys. You know, my only question with the Giants is, is this the beginning of them going up or are they going to hit the reset button with a quarterback next year? Because it's going to be really tempting, no matter how well Daniel Jones plays, for Dable and Shane to bring in their own quarterback that they scouted, that they love, and restart the clock on the 
the the contract so they don't have to pay Jones. You know, even if they don't give him a blockbuster contract, the franchise quarterback still twenty five million dollars. So, right. do they yeah. want to give that to him even in a short term deal, or do they want to go get their own guy? That's going to be a tempting big decision for them, um, and will determine how quickly they go in the right direction. But I, I think that this year proves good coaching, good GM. They are going in that direction. They'll get there. Right. And if they have Daniel Jones back again, I'll pull out the little hair that I've left. It just makes <laughs> no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I, I Jen, Jen started to go there. I want to go a little bit more uh, full force. Uh, on Fox Sports, I read your article, other places uh, writing about it as well. All of a sudden, Daniel Snyder has engaged with Bank of America to see what Surprise. kind of interest there would be in selling the Washington Commanders. Uh, how much does it have to do with congressional investigation? How much does it have to do with pressure of the other National Football League owners? Does it really matter if you're someone working for the Commanders right now, playing football four and four, Taylor Heineke to the rescue? Can you just put all this aside? We give the Eagles a lot of credit because they really do say players and coaches now focus next game one at a time, blah, blah, blah. But it's difficult. It's hard. How hard would it be for a commander player knowing that their owner is now coming out and saying, yeah, I'm going to sell a team. You know, I, I think these outside distractions weigh on players more than they let on. Um, you know, I always go back to now more than a decade ago when Plaxico Burr shot himself with the Giants and the players kept going like this is outside stuff. You know, the important thing is we're losing him as a football player. Um, but after that was over, a lot of them would say to me, of course, it was a distraction. Every day reporters were asking about us. Our family was asking about it. Uh, you know, we had to deal with it. We we're reading stories about it. So I think there's a distraction element. But I think if you played for the commanders for any length of time, this is just another day. I mean, it's just been in investigations into your owner and all the allegations of a toxic workplace and sexual harassment. They've all been asked about that. Um, they deal with it all the time. So the fact that he's selling, it's like, all right, well, what, what does tomorrow bring at this point? Um, so I don't know that it'll affect the players too much. I think in general, the idea that he's investigating a sale um, is great for the fans, is great for the organization. Um, the reason probably doesn't matter, but I would imagine considering, I think it was two weeks ago, he had issued a statement after an ESPN story that basically said, I will never sell. And now he's suddenly looking to sell. Uh, it's pretty clear that the investigations into him, I think there are four or five now going on, plus pressure from other owners, Jim Ursay coming out and basically saying there's we have reason to make him sell all of that is probably making him either go, I've had it and I want out, or maybe the best thing to do is tell everybody I'm going to sell and then all this goes away. You know, Maybe it's self-preservation as well. But whatever the reason, it's a positive for the fans. Um, you know, The unfortunate thing is it's not like me selling you a car. It's probably going to be a year or so before this is actually real. <clears throat> yeah. But um, you know, at least there's an end game down the horizon that people can look forward to and you know, Ron Rivera is a good guy. You hope that he can sort of navigate through all this and maybe squeeze some wins, which it seems like he's doing. But, um, you know, it, it could be a distraction, but I think the players are kind of used to it down there by now. Yeah, and, you know, for the fans in, in, in the Washington area, in, in the DMV, as they call it, uh, people will be lining up uh, to build 
uh, Washington a new stadium yeah. if Daniel Snyder sells the team. So that would be a positive as well. I want to talk about that football team, though, Ralph, because they're better than people realize. Um, but the Eagles are playing so well. The Cowboys are playing so well. The Giants are playing so well. All of a sudden, they're at 500. And Chase Young is coming back. They've activated his 21-day window. I'm of the belief that they're a better team with Taylor Heineke than Carson Wentz. Um, now, I'm not disparaging Carson early in the seat, uh, his career in Philadelphia. I think people pile on too much. But for whatever reason, and there's a lot of them, he's not the same player. They're better with Taylor Heineke. Is this a team that could make a, a playoff run? I think a playoff run for them is certainly possible. I mean, right now they are tied for the last playoff spot. Um, it could be tough in this division because, you know, they're the weak link right now. They're the team that you would think, well, the Eagles and Cowboys and Giants, okay, they play the, the Commanders this week. They can fatten up a little bit. I don't think the Commanders are going to have an easy division game at all. So um, a playoff run is going to be challenging for them. But I do believe they might be – at least temporarily in a better spot with Taylor Heineke. Um, you know, I think, I think Carson Wentz is more talented than him. Oh, yeah. I think, I don't think there's any question about that. I think that Carson Wentz is also prone to the big mistake. I think he, he was hurt earlier this year from talking to the coaches down there by the fact that he was learning a new offense and a completely new scheme and concept for the first time in his career. So he was slow with a lot of his reactions. He was holding the ball too long. He had like the indecision almost of a rookie quarterback, which would be weird for a veteran, but he was still processing everything. So you put Taylor Heineke in, he knows the offense, knows the scheme, knows the guys around him, and you know they get a little spark. It clicks a little bit. So you know, can it continue? I think it can. I think if they're winning and Heineke's playing well, you can't go back to Carson Wentz at this point. Um, I will caution, though, that Taylor Heineke was pretty terrible at the end of last season, which is why they yeah. decided to go move on. I, I like him as a quarterback, but he went right off a cliff towards the end. And I know there were other reasons involved in that as well, but he did not show in December that he deserved to be a franchise quarterback. And that was a big part of their decisions. So um, can he get rolling? Can he continue it? He's got great you know, weapons around him. He's got great chemistry with Terry McLaurin, which is huge. Carson Wentz didn't seem to have that. That's their best weapon. If they get a little healthy, yeah, I think they've got something there. It, it might they might turn into that pumpkin at midnight, but I think for a little while they got something going. And from one of those quirky scheduled things, the football team or the commanders or whatever the hell you want to call them actually play the Giants back to back games. They play Crazy. the commanders have a bye week and they play again, which yeah. you never see see it in the NBA and baseball all the time. You never see it in the NFL, but. You know they're going to split those two games. Of course. So that's only <laughs> advantageous for the Eagles as they watch the guys beat up on each other. All right, we haven't talked to any Dallas. We want to do that with you before we let you go. Um, I've not been wowed by Dak Prescott. I can't say, uh-oh, the Dak doesn't look good, but he's come back and they've won the way they're supposed to win since getting him to return. I know you kind of took the Giants passing core apart, and, well, you should because they're not very good. C.D. Lamb is underachieved, and no one else in that Dallas passing game really scares me. Are, are the Cowboys a good enough passing team to make a legit run? Playoffs, yes, but when they get there, we know the Cowboys' M.O. the last several years is make the playoffs and make an early exit. Why is this team any different, or is it? 
I'm not sure that it is. Um, you know, I think Dak Prescott is legitimately really good when he's healthy. And I, you know, the last two weeks coming back, I didn't, I wasn't impressed either. I, I think that um, I'll give him a little bit of a break coming back off a hand injury. He's got to get back into the rhythm and all that. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give him a couple more weeks. That's fine. But I do wonder about that passing game. Um, CD lamb, he's putting up really good numbers. Uh, he makes some really good plays. And when I watch his overall body of work, I do not, it does not scream number one receiver to me. He's not making, not only does a lot of big plays, he's got eight catches of 20 yards or more, four in the last two weeks, which is really good, but overall hasn't been a big play receiver, getting constantly double teamed, and he has no help. And this is why at the trading deadline, I'm honestly floored that the Cowboys did not go out and get a wide receiver. I, I really thought, I know Jerry Jones downplayed it. And, you know, Stephen Jones yesterday talked up the guys that they have. But, you know, Michael Gallup does not look like he's the same player coming off that torn ACL. Noah Brown's been a nice surprise, um, but he's a fourth receiver. Everybody else on that roster, they got a guy they pulled out of the USFL. They got a couple of journeymen. They got a rookie, Jalen Tolbert, who's done nothing so far. It's CeeDee Lamb and nothing else. And you've got a team that yeah. otherwise is built to win now an 80-year-old owner, a franchise that hasn't been to the Super Bowl in almost three decades, what are you doing? They're, they're afraid of Brandon Cook's $18 million next year. Don't worry about next year. Go for it now. And the fact that they didn't – and this goes back to when they traded Amari Cooper, that they really never replaced him, that stuns me because that second receiver to me puts them up there with the Eagles and everybody else, and they just don't have it. Yeah, and Ralph, uh, Brandon Cooks is with you. He was just as yeah. surprised and very upset that he yeah. is not a, a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, I'll leave it there with you at, at Ralph Bacchiano, Fox Sports, NF, NFC East reporter. The trade deadline, we all know Howie Roseman's reputation. He got things done, but he got yeah. things done early. He got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at the beginning of the year, and he got Robert Quinn uh, during the week of the trade deadline. I think he wanted to do something else, but he didn't have any more mid-round picks to get it done. <laughs> I think he would have loved Naheem Hines, but he just didn't have that fourth, that fifth, that sixth rounder. Well, you're yeah. a little surprised. That, Naeem Hines, uh, I thought Kareem Hunt had a chance. I think he was looking for that kind of third down back who could be a receiver out of the backfield. None of their guys really impressed me as a receiver out of the backfield. That might be the one, again, now we're really nitpicking, but that's the one thing on offense that if they had would really put them over the top. I didn't think he tried, but yeah, you only have so many assets <laughs> to go out and get. Um, you know, I think the price on Kareem Hunt was a fourth round pick. If I'm not mistaken, the Eagles don't have a fourth round no, pick. No, so, they have a fourth. They yeah. gave it up for Quinn. So yeah. they kind of made that decision. Yeah. And, and so if, you know, if the other team doesn't want, a different combination or a 2024 pick. There's nothing you can do about that. So um, yeah, I think he probably tried, but to me, and I don't get down on him for not being crazy active at the trading deadline because of exactly what you said, you look at his body of work, you know, they traded for AJ Brown. They traded up for Jordan Davis. They traded for Gardner Johnson. He, he is as aggressive as anybody in football, but he got it done in the off season more so than the trading deadline. All right, Ralph, last thing, if you got a spare New York Daily News on your desk there, I want you to put your hand on it and the other one on your heart so I know you'll be telling me the truth. Up on the wall. <laughs> Watching tonight, uh, Eagles and Texans, 
how tempted will you be to flip over to the Phillies and the Astros and watch game five of the World Series nodded at two apiece rather than the Eagles cruising with a 17-point lead early in the third quarter over the Texans? Jody, I'm a lifelong New Yorker and a Mets fan, so I am more tempted to flip over to the Great British Baking Show than I am oh, to the World Series. Shot a goal on the Philly. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy covering the Eagles. Actually, the organization's great. The people are great. I'm happy for Eagles fans. But as a Mets fan, and I think everybody can respect this, it makes me a little sick to see the Phillies okay, in the yeah, World I, Series. I, so I'm not I don't gonna, know if yeah. everyone's going to respect it, Ralph. Well, Jalen Hurts – Pictures with Houston gear on because he's from Houston. He likes yeah. the Astros. That's not allowed in Philadelphia. Well, hopefully they'll respect my passion, even if they hate me for yes. saying that. <laughs> that's all right. Well, that's why I said you got to put your hand on the Daily News because I yeah. needed truth out of you, and you yeah. gave us just that, Ralph. And at least on Birds 365, <laughs> we appreciate the truth. Oh, uh, great pleasure, job. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. We'll certainly get you back on later in the season. Thanks for getting up and doing it with us this morning, big guy. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. Ralph Agriano, FoxSports.com, jumped national this year. I read Ralph on forever because uh, he's a uh, native New York guy. Uh, wrote for years for the uh, New York Daily News and did some work for SNY up in New York as well. Gave us a good divisional read. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Yeah, showdown. Can we even call it a showdown against the Texans tonight? We'll come back. We'll analyze tonight's game a little bit more. Bob Groat's going to join us in hour number two. Always fun when we get the Groat's man on. John McBone, Jody McDonald, Bird 365. Stay here. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits. 
as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pond Lee Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pond Lee Hockey postgame show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pond Lee Hockey on Instagram and check out our posts for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds. J-Mac already in Houston for the big game tonight between the Tex and the Eagles. One quick note, and I've, I've meant to say this, oh, I don't know, about 20 times over the last several weeks. Uh, we got a new commercial here on uh, the, the Birds 365 show. The guys from Ponley Hockey, like, uh, I think he was sitting in front of the same curtain you were. Um, <laughs> does that guy not look like a younger Chase Utley? Uh, I got to take a better look when, at it. When next they show it, let me just plant yeah. that uh, seed in your mind. When next you see the commercial, right. the guy looks I'm going to be looking like... at the curtain now. Uh, I'm going to be mesmerized. I just made that up about the, the curtain. But no, no I, I legitimately mean. Well, they're all the same, the curtains. Yeah. The guy from Ponley Hockey looks like Chase Utley of about 15 years ago, a young Chase Utley. Because have you seen any pictures of Chase? Coming back for the playoff games here I in Philadelphia? Have. I have seen him. He got oh. gray fast. Now, uh, it takes one to know one. Um, but, man, Chase. And he's there with all his teammates. All the other guys still have pretty good hair. And most of it's still some shade of dark yeah, not, as uh... compared to Chase, who's gone gray quick. By the way, with all the former Phillies that are back, and I saw Julia Serving was there and all the Eagles that are there when they're in town and Sixers. Um, and and Hollywood stars and Miles Teller and the like. Are are there any fans there? Is that like twenty of the forty six thousand, twenty thousand? Is uh, these so called stars? Oh yeah, I I don't think the stars are making the noise that is just uh, having yeah, the I'm... blowing the roof off that place. It has been good, except for last night i kept jody mcdonald will be there so you'll be, be in the star i will be there category. tonight i was hoping you'll be in the star category was rooting against uh hoping against our own Devin caney she's in the star category okay uh we'll see if we run into Devin there tonight uh i wanted tonight to be a closeout game uh seeing as they got zero hits last night. i kept waiting all right gotta rewind see you hit rewind no need to hit the rewind factor yeah. last night because the Phillies got exactly zero hits uh, tonight. Will not be. A By the way, I, is it just some? Obviously, you know, a, a no hitter in the World Series should be a big thing. It is a big thing, but it doesn't have the same cachet when it's four pitchers. Right? Is that just me? No. Uh, well. Maybe, but if it's you, it's you and me and a whole bunch of other people. We're not by ourselves here, but uh, the game has changed. The way it's viewed has changed. It's never going to be as big a deal in my mind or your mind, but we're old school guys. Um, yes, uh, Don Larson. Are we going to be yeah. able to rattle off the guy's name? No. 
absolutely 20 not. years from I now. can't do it right the, now. The it's Astros do a no-hitter, and it was who again? <laughs> who threw the no-hitter? Don Larson. Yeah. Boom. That's all you got to know. It's one name, yeah. and you know the accomplishment. It, it's just not going to match up. But that's a good thing if you're a Phillies fan because you don't want to remember the names of who no-hit the Phillies in the World Series only the second time it's ever happened. All right, so uh, we got Houston against Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, we got Philadelphia against Houston. In Houston tonight with the Eagles taking on the Texans, who are a legitimate 1-5-1. and one. They're a bad football team. I know you asked the question of Ralph Vecchiano, uh, and I've had a kind of... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Love hate relationship with the way I look at Lovey Smith over the years. Loved him as an NFL head coach. Loved him when he went back to college between you and I. He was terrible at Illinois. Terrible. I don't know if he wasn't committed or. Uh, that it just wasn't a good fit, but for whatever reason, he did nothing at Illinois. I thought his coaching career is over. Then, boom, he's back in the National Football League as a head coach. Yeah, a floundering franchise that had more uh, things working against it than for it, but he did take the job, and he, like me, has got one of the great gray beards on the face of the planet. Um, but oh, yeah. Is he really going to be a one-and-done guy? Do we really think that Lovey Smith is the problem in Houston? This, this I don't time? think he's the problem, Jody, but they didn't want to hire him. So from that standpoint, who's they? The the Texans, uh, um, the organization. They wanted to hire Josh McCown, and they got so much backlash for some people will say good reasons. Some people, you know. If you like somebody, I argue, show the courage of your convictions and hire the guy. That would be my estimation. But they they bow to public pressure, and they went in a different direction. And the same thing happened to David Culley. It wasn't – they didn't want David Culley. They hired him because, you know. So I could see a similar situation developing with Lovey Smith. Now, he's a little bit more ingrained in the organization than David Culley was, but – He's not a good head coach. Now, you bring up Illinois. Even back that, it shifted a lot in the past couple of years where the NFL plays a lot more like college than it used to. But they were different games even back then. So, you know, just because you were a good NFL coach, you you show up to college playing cover too and you're going to get your, you know what, waxed. Uh, and he did. Um, so I don't even care about this stint at Illinois, but um, I mean, it's not his fault, but they're bad and they're going to win maybe two best case, three games. Um, people will want to change. They already fired Jack Easterby. They might do a complete cleaning and you might have a new coach and boom, you're one and done. And, oh, by the way, I'm asking you because I don't have a clue as to the answer to this question, and I don't know if you do either, but where's Josh McCown today? 
Do we have any idea where he is? Uh, he's in East Texas. I know that. Uh, I assume he's coaching his kids. Although, you know, I forget if his his one kid is a really high-level uh, prospect. I don't know where he is in the process, but he was coaching him in Charlotte. Then he was coaching, moved back down to Texas. But, yeah, Josh is – a little bit strange to me because he hasn't sort of started the clock and, and, you know, taken these jobs and, you know, he, he, if there was one guy who was ever going to be a head coach in this league, it was Josh McCown, but you got to start the process. Right. He, you know, he, he, he was going to be the first ever to go straight from the field to be a head coach. And, you know, my guess is he got pretty excited about that. And once it didn't uh, develop, it's probably a little bit disappointing to take a, you know, assistant quarterback coach job or a, a quarterback coach job, but I don't know. I don't know right. why it hasn't done that way. You're answering my question without answering my question because you don't know and I don't know. Uh, maybe only Josh's family knows and or the high school kids that he's assistant coaching. Shame on him because you're right. It, they, they seriously got close to hiring him in Houston before they hired David Culley. And he could have become the first ever player to go from uh, being a player to a head coach in the National Football League. But they didn't. And if you want to be a head coach in the National Football League, after you don't get the gig and David Culley gets hired, you got to go get yourself a gig in the league. You got to be on somebody's coaching roster. You can't go, ah, next year I'll do it. Oh, Okay. So it happens again, the job opens up again, they consider you again, and they hire someone else. And what do you do this year? You're coaching high school kids again? How is he not a coach on somebody's team in the NFL or uh, some kind of high-level position if he truly does want to be a head coach in the National Football League? How do you do it twice? First time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me for not correcting my mistake and putting myself in a position to get the gig, how did he not put himself in a spot where people can evaluate him this year for a head coaching job, yeah. either with the Texans if they pull the plug again or somebody else? I wish we could get John McClain back. He'd probably have a better answer for that. And I didn't than, ask than John I that yesterday. Shame on me. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, because John would know. Uh, but he also would know how close, and it was very close, the Texans were to hiring Josh McCown more last year than the Cully year. They were serious during the Cully year, but I thought that was more of a let's make him an offensive coordinator, let's make him the heir apparent. Then I think last year they wanted to make him the head coach and they just bowed to public pressure because there's a lot of things going on at that point of time. And I could just speculate that maybe he's a little disappointed, but yeah, I – he he could he could call up the Eagles and get a job. I mean, they love him, right? Um, he, he, he played he, for half the league, and he yeah. he he left on good terms with every single team he ever played yeah. for. So you don't think he could get an assistant coaching job just oh, by making a phone call? Easily. I mean, Alex Tanny is sort of the quality control assistant Philadelphia now. The former Giants backup and played for a bunch of different teams. Um, the Eagles think he's got a bright future. They would have done the same thing in a second. There was talk, the Eagles and McCown's farther along. Everybody 
I don't know what it is, but well, I do know what it is. I mean, if you've ever met Josh McCown, if you ever talked to him, he's one of those guys that just connects with people, sort of Nick Sirianni. He just, and that's a big part of coaching. That's a mm -hmm. big part, managing personnel. He just gets along with everybody. He just connects with everybody. Um, and obviously he's learned every offense under the sun because he's played for that 75 team, as he mentioned. He, he, he knows every offense backwards and forward. He's just a really bright football guy, so to speak. Um, and the Eagles were thinking about making him the offensive coordinator. It was, you know, wasn't serious, but he was in the conversation. Uh, and that's how highly regarded he was by then. Um, and to be able to skip steps like that is unheard of in this league. And ends up, you know, Texans didn't want to take the gamble. You got to go in a different direction. Or maybe he decided he didn't want to do it. That's a possibility. He's right. made a ton of money. I, he played for 18 years, even as a backup quarterback for the vast majority of that. He's made a ton of money. He doesn't have to go grind, and maybe it's maybe it's that. And if that's his choice, more power to him. Uh, you're right. There's no obligation to become an NFL head coach, even if you are a guy who has all the traits necessary to become one. Hey, do what you want with the rest of your life. Josh, on you. Best of luck. Good luck. Enjoy the rest of your life. But he is interviewed twice now. He hasn't come out and said, listen, I've got no desire to be a coach. I'm going to enjoy oh. retired life. I'm just going to coach. Well, I, I so meant he's no desire. twice for the gig. No, I meant no desire to be a coach, a lower level coach versus head coach versus even offensive coordinator versus quality control, um, even positional coach. There's a big difference there. Here's, here's, why, I, here's why I don't buy that. And, and if it is the case, and you might be right, shame on him. He was a backup his whole life. He's been grinding his whole life. He's never been handed anything. He's stuck around the league forever. He landed on all these teams forever. Why? Because he's willing to do the work, put in the time and effort. Now, all of a sudden, he goes, well, I don't have to do it. Just either hand me that. Well, I just mean or... he's he's got uh, he's got kids. He's got a wife. He's got a lot of money. And I just mean it from a money standpoint. There's a big difference between – head coach and quality control coach. And he's got a lot of money. That's all I'm saying. I'm talking, I don't know if that's the case. I'm saying I'm throwing it in the hopper. There's a, you know, that's a, that's not a lot of money to be a quality control coach in the NFL. Right. And my point would be, if you made enough money, then why does money mean anything? Do you like what you're doing or you don't? Yeah, he doesn't uh, make money coaching high school. That's for right. Sure. Yeah, you're, you're doing that for the love of the game. You can't be a quality control but coach. He's doing that for the love of family, too. You know, he's doing it with his kids. So. Great. All right. Uh, I got to give uh, credit to my friend, John McMullen who, before he left for Houston, uh, did get involved in the Eagles press gathering with the coordinators the other day and specifically asked Jonathan Gannon about why he didn't put in some backups in his back seven on the defense. Thank you very much for asking that question, John. And I told you this via text, and I think I mentioned it here yesterday when uh, Barrett was filling in for you. I'm throwing a BS flag. Right, are you kidding me? That, uh, that Sirianni said, no, 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 no. We can't put the backups in there. He lets the uh, 
offensive coaching staff empty the bench and put in a whole new offensive line and uh, Britt Covey at wide receiver, but God forbid they put Zach Mack or Kayvon Wallace or N'Kobe Dean into the game. And the whole thing about, well, we were kind of backed up. They put the uh, offensive subs in when the Eagles got the ball at the 10-yard line. Uh, good old Gardner Minshew took about a minute and a half off the clock. They punted <laughs> out to the 50. Oh, so you can't swap out your defense because the other team's at the 50. But you can put in all your backup offensive players when you get the ball at the 10. Come on, don't give me the field designation as to why they didn't do it. He didn't give you an honest answer on that, Jay Mack. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I think he gave an honest answer. I, I think you know. Remember, Nick Sirianni's the CEO coach now, so Nick is involved. Um, I think there's a bigger deference to certain players than other players. Now, the guy who surprised me is Darius Slay because he should have that deference. Um, so other than Zach McPherson, like the offensive line, well, I mean, it's Kelsey, it's Lane, it's Isaac, it's, it's Jordan. They all have this incredible deference and I'm surprised Landon Dickerson doesn't even get it. Um, and, and maybe that just came down to numbers. Um, I think it's more of a deference thing than anything else. Like they're not going to defer to, um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson and Marcus Epps and 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 TJ Edwards and Kaiser White and and but but Slay is the one that that is strange to me, especially on a short week. You know, you you know you got a game on Thursday, but yeah, I I I would have subbed out. And they didn't have a lot of options because Josiah Scott got hurt. Josh Job was inactive because he was hurt. So really, we're talking about three players. We're talking about we're talking about Zach McPherson. We're talking about Nicobe Dean. We're talking about Kayvon Wallace. And in the case of uh, Nicobe Dean and Kayvon Wallace, they play positions where the starters aren't getting that deference. So I kind of put them aside. The slay, I can't explain at all. Here's why I throw the BS flag on, uh, and you can either accept it or not. Um, the Eagles may be, and maybe we're too immersed in it because we cover the Eagles every single day. The Eagles may be the most guarded team in the National Football League in protecting their players from injury. We questioned, at least in my respect, railed against the little that they practice, the days off that are given, the short time that is dedicated to prepping for a season. And, oh, by the way, I've had to eat a lot of crow since they're 7-0. and oh. But they bend over backwards. What's my favorite Eagles uh, physician slash doctor slash dictator? Arsh Denota. You Arch. got to see Arsh on the field the other day. Yeah, I did. Think. did did, did Was Arch consulted at all with the fact that they're putting Chauncey Gardner and uh, Marcus Epps out there to potentially get hurt when they're up by 21 points with seven minutes left to go? I'm guessing he got in somebody's ear afterwards and said, what the hell are you doing? You got to protect these guys. That's why we're 7-0, because we protected these guys completely by the wayside. I'm sorry. I'm not buying, John. Well, it, yeah, Arch has got nothing to do with game days. Um, I'm not going to go that far. Um, but, you know, 
it that if if you're not going to buy it, you're going to buy Nick Sirianni gives Jonathan Gannon autonomy for defensive playing time. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Nick Sirianni is a legitimate CEO coach. He keeps his finger in every single pie to the point that, um, you know, and he says it all the time. His signature is on everything with this team, everything, including special teams. Maybe I need to now focus it. Um, And Jonathan Gannon said, and again, the truth meter is what it is. We discussed it with the head coach. I asked the head coach. I forget exactly how we say it, but he certainly uh, mentioned the fact that it was brought up to the head coach, which basically read between the lines. The head coach made the decision not to swap him out. So my point is Shane Steichen went to him and said, listen, I want to get the offensive line guys off the field. I want to get my wide receivers off the field. I want to get the quarterback off the field. I want to get Miles Sanders off the field. And the coach said, yeah, go ahead. Whatever you need. Go ahead, just pull those guys. The, the defensive coordinator went and said, yeah, there's some guys that haven't gotten snaps. Let's protect some of these injuries. And the coach said, no. Is that yeah, and that's what where it, that's where. Believe? Well, A, Nick's more involved with the offense. I would say that. That's fair to say. Uh, we all understand that. Uh, and second, that's where I go to the deference arguments. Like, you know, most of the Eagles – deference players as I like to call them and think about it as their rest players you know the guys who rest every week during practice that's who I'm talking about the deference players that's who I'm talking about uh the veterans the guys who have a little bit of an injury history uh most of those players on the defense are on the defensive line and you know it's already a rotational position to begin with those guys reps were were limited Marlin had a career high um, and that's why I buy more into the deference theory, because it showed up to the deference players. It didn't show up except for Darius Slate. Now, I would also put James Bradbury in that category as well. But Bradbury is understandable because somebody had to play because Scott got hurt and Job wasn't available. Right. So one of the corners had to play and then you go Slay over Bradbury. That is the one that stood out to me. And, and, and again, it's just a theory. Uh, nobody told me that, but you know, he, he, he did admit game reps are the greatest reps or whatever he said for learning. Uh, and I'm talking about JG here. Yep. Anytime we can get guys that we know we're going to have to play for us at some point, those are quality reps. So he said all that stuff. And that's why, I kind of think it was the head coach. I do. And that's that's fine. I I, I don't care who I'm questioning. I'm questioning somebody. If I got a question, Gannon, so be it. If I got a question, Sirianni, so be it. Here's my only point now. I hope that Edwards and White and Bradbury and Slay and Epps and uh, uh, Gardner Johnson Come through the game tonight without getting hurt because you had a chance to get. Oh, yeah. Then it becomes a way bigger story. You're right. Uh, That and and we all know one. Everybody's one hit away from being standing on the side. Jordan Davis was on his way to playing the most snaps they had ever played in an NFL game. Had 19 before he got hurt. Oops. There goes the high.
haven't been beat up by injuries this year. You better hope it stays that way coming out of uh, tonight's game against the Texans. All, All right, right McBowen and McDonald here with you. We'll take a quick timeout. The evil minister is joining us next. We love him whenever he jumps aboard. You don't think he's moved on Bradbury, do you? You should know, no. right? No, he's no, gonna, he's, he's he's entrenched. He's dug in. There. He's dug the, in. The the non-head of the James Bradbury fan club, but uh, one of our favorites, Bob Groats from the Delco Times. Eagle beat writer going to join us next here on Birds 365. Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pondley Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pondley Hockey on Instagram and check out our post for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds. Welcome to Pondley Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. And Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. take on the Houston Texans tonight who come in one five and one as compared to the seven and oh Eagles and yes the uh Eagles are a 13 and a half 13 and a half point favorite on that's the road all? that's all that's all 
That's all right now. Uh, and I am leaning toward laying the 13 and a half. I was a little nervous to lay 10 last week against uh, Pittsburgh at home. And they ended up uh, certainly covering and winning handily. But uh, I, yeah, I'm with you, J-Mac. I don't think this is going to be uh, a competitive game. Uh, we had our guy Bob Groats up there. He we had the hammer up there. What happened? Now, I don't know because I'm doing hotel Wi-Fi, so. Yeah, hey, I, I just got hit up for some money from um, from an organization. I told him to call me back after the after I was done with Jacob Media, Mac and Max show. Was it the been, was it the Jake Bradbury fan club that reached out yeah. for a little little love it, and maybe a little might have been it it might have been it was the police association of somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to so do that. You got to put you got to put the sticker on the car, Bob. Maybe you get some yeah, uh, dispensation. Their posture—that was a warning. Yeah. All right. How you guys doing today? <laughs> uh, we're doing, doing well. Wonderful. Maybe not as well as the Eagles at seven and zero. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I ran this. I ran this by John early in the game. I need your take on it too. Yeah, Jalen Hurts MVP right now. Uh, okay. We're, we're not. Yeah. We're not going there yet. But uh, right. we'll give you a chance to make your stump speech if you need. But AJ Brown should be the MVP. Yeah. You're, All right, uh, yeah, most no. improved player, best acquisition of the year for sure, but right. the MVP, we'll see. No, here's what I'm worried about, Bob. Boredom. Tonight, boredom. Uh, maybe distraction, wondering what the Phillies and the Astros are doing. Is there any chance the Eagles get up by a couple of touchdowns and then throw it, in, throw it into cruise control tonight and this game actually plays closer than it should? It, it might play. It, it could play a little closer than uh than what it should but uh Jalen Hurts is all he, he's pumped up about going back to Houston and his teammates are too so I'm pretty sure they all have they all want to get him this win so I don't I don't think that's going to be much of an issue I I as a matter of fact I, I think the Eagles are going to score like 30 points that that uh Texans team I you look at it and you you start watching you know videos of the past games and uh wow it's they're hard to watch. They're really hard to watch. Yeah. And starting with the quarterback. I mean, he's an effort guy, but they just don't have much there. So I think the Eagles will be at, at the top of their game. And, and I know people think because the Eagles lost Jordan Davis that, you know, maybe they'll be a little more susceptible to the run. That that team, the Texans can't do much of anything. So I don't think that's a concern. Yeah, I don't think Jordan Davis being out hurts in this game, Bob. But moving forward, I think it's going to hurt a little bit, especially when the Eagles get against some of these teams with a good running attack who aren't as deficient in other areas as the Houston Texans. Is that fair to say? That Jordan Davis injury, that bothers me a little bit. Yeah, but still not as much as if they lost somebody like, um, you know, uh, Lane Johnson, (laughs) you know? Well, yeah. Or Jason Kelsey, because they they they're still a team. But it, 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 actually, they're better equipped. Because look, if you lose a good player, you lose a great player. It's always bad. But Jack Driscoll can play a little bit. Cam Jurgens, I think, can play a little bit. I, I they don't have a replacement for Jordan Davis. They don't have somebody who plays the role that he plays. Yeah, the closest do. is Marlon T. Marlon yeah. Tui Peloto. You know what? Here, here's the replacement or the replacements. Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Because they're going to put up some points. I right. think it's be, right. 
and then the other team's going to have to play catch up. And and really, um, the the Steelers. That was interesting answer by uh, Nick the other day. The Steelers did try to keep running the ball when they were playing catch up, but you saw how that worked. They knew eventually the Steelers would uh, they'd mess it up, and they did. And uh, with that young quarterback, and so. I, I kind of I don't think that's going to be an issue, especially not in this game. And and going forward, the way the Eagles can score points that that's special. Well, yeah. sounds sounds like John doesn't believe in his buddy JG there, who says they've cross trained everybody on the defensive line. That's why no. they do all that cross training, and no, then I don't they can just them. plug in guys Look, to replace Jordan Davis. You saw the Eagles defense last season. You see the Eagles defense this season. Now, there's a lot of additions. Hassan Reddick's been great. Bradbury has been tremendous. I'm sorry, Bob, he has. Uh, Kaiser White's been very good. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's a playmaker. There's a lot of additions. But the reason they're in place to make those splash plays is because there's a lot of second and longs and a lot of third and longs. And last season, there were a lot of second and fives and third and threes and then you're not in a position to do the things to get those splash plays. I've been talking about this since the spring, Jody. Well, they, you know, I, I know you have, and you're trying to make it sound like Jordan Davis is the Eagles MVP. You and I think you're tremendously I, overstating what he brings to the table. He's a domino. He is a domino piece. He's not the MVP, but he's a very important domino. When that domino falls, I don't know. About you, that. you have other issues. Oh, so, well, you, so you think we, Damian we, Pierce is going to be able to go for 100 tonight? No, not the Texans. Oh, okay. I said not the Texans. I said moving forward past the Texans. But my, my point is that that's not as relevant as it would be if the Eagles couldn't score points. What are they scoring in the first? They're outscoring their opposition like 600 to 23 in the first half. That's that's <laughs> what gives you second and longs and third and longs because you got to try and get back in the game. And and by the way, uh, Gardner right. here, right. Lay's having a great year. And the other guy, he's okay. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's starting to show his age. <laughs> what what? I just doesn't. I don't understand. Did he's did just, he did slow. he snub he's, you in in preseason or no, something? No, he's a great guy. He's just slow. he is a great guy. I he, wish I aged no. as gracefully as James Bradbury. He is their slowest cornerback, and I'm not the only one who thinks that. Well, that's probably well, true. I, I, all I corn, all corners can run. So you know, Zach McPherson can run better than James Bradbury, but he can't play better. He can't play corner better no, than James Bradbury. Bradbury's out there. It's chess, not checkers, right? That's right. And, yeah, and, right. and Kyle Schwarber strikes out a lot, but I want him on my team because he hits 50 home runs. Come on, we have to be able to separate. <laughs> Who do you Can you play team? or do you want to just narrow focus Who do you on want one part of Who doesn't yeah. keep him from being tremendous in his position? Who do you want more, Al Tube or Kyle Schwarber? <laughs> you got to think about that one. <laughs> um, yeah, well, last one. All right, but, me, but but you know, my point is that the way the Eagles are scoring points, and I don't see that that slowing down. By the way, I mean they're they're in uh, rhythm, and uh, and Jalen Hurts is playing the the best he's played, and he's squarely in the middle of that MVP talk, and and deservedly so. He's right there with guys like Josh Allen. He's there with guys like Patrick Mahomes. Um, 
And, you know, there's some other guys, too, around the league that, uh, you know, their teams are having pretty good years. But you look at the record of uh, the Eagles, only unbeaten team. You look at the division, and if you're going strictly by records and you are what your record is, it's the most competitive division in football. So he's squarely – Jalen is squarely in that hunt. That's going to be interesting to see what happens. He's got to maintain, you know, what he's doing now. But uh, I I don't see any reason why he wouldn't, not with guys like – AJ Brown and Goddard and and uh, and Miles Sanders back there. Yeah, you're right. So let's let's talk about Jalen because Baldy Brian Baldinger's got a bunch of clips out today. He's been the best deep thrower in in the NFL, and you saw it, uh, uh, it on Sunday with AJ Brown. You had the shot uh, three shots. The, the two go routes down the sideline, Bob, they were perfect throws, perfect throws. I mean, in the bucket, did you see any evidence this development as a passer was coming for Jalen Hurts this season? No, because because we didn't see him and the guy that he threw it to together. We didn't see them play much, A.J. Brown. And uh, he, I mean, Jalen's getting the ball out there, but come on, man. That guy goes and gets the ball. I mean, he he's very strong. He 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 doesn't take no for an answer. And look at the numbers he's put up. They they should be going to him more than they've gone in some of the other games. I think that's been their the issue earlier in the year. I think that was it. They didn't go to AJ Brown enough. They, you need more plays for him. Run it till they stop it. And and he can't be stopped. Do you All think right. because of the talent? Sorry, Jody. Real quick as a follow up. Do you think because of the talent? Uh, they have, and and Demonte Smith and Dallas Goddard, that they feel they need to tilt things at times, and they should. Yeah, a- absolutely, and uh, and I I understand that you want to keep them involved somehow, but uh, I I think that's what they've struggled with this year. What what's the proper touches for these guys? And oh, by the way, that last game was that Devonte Smith back there returning punts. Yeah. Yeah. Get it and he ball. should be. He yeah. should be. Why not? I'm on that camp. I'm in that camp. Absolutely I see right. Tyreek Hill doing it. I see Christian Kirk doing it. Why can't Devontae Smith do it? I wouldn't have Tyreek Hill do it. <laughs> but uh, he does it. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't have put the quarterback back in the game either after that hit. So, yeah, they wow. do things differently. Oh, and by the way, Tua? Tua's got to be in that MVP conference. Oh, Jody was yeah. on that. I mean, look at early. The year he's having, that yeah, those, having that, personnel, that personnel per- perfectly suits him, as the Eagles suits uh, Jalen Hurts. So give Howie a credit here, John. Yeah, well, you, just, you know, John admitted be... he tapped into my line a couple of weeks ago when the Eagles were playing the Cowboys. There may only be one undefeated team, but there were two undefeated quarterbacks because uh, the Cowboy backup QB came in undefeated against Eagles. There were only two undefeated quarterbacks in the National Football League this year. One of them, Jalen Hurts. The other one is Tua Tungavaloa. Yeah. Uh, games that Tua started, Dolphins five and zero. Games that Tua hasn't started, Dolphins zero and three. So yes, that that would confirm MVP consideration for Tua Tungavaloa. Yeah, he's having. If, a, I, if, having... if I'm going MVP, Miami, it's Tyreek Hill. He is unbelievable. Yeah, you I can... was I I was on this. They, lost, they lost three games with Tyreek Hill. They haven't lost any with Tua. But, but Tua wouldn't be Tua without Tyreek. I, I yeah. could I, argue that. He he has four 
games over 160 yards receiving. He is unbelievable. He really is. We, we saw it last year at the link, what he did to the Eagles. And they weren't as good at defense last year, but he just toyed with them. You know, it was like he was just jogging out there, you know. And, uh, yeah. wow, and it was still fun to watch. Yeah, well, you were, you were down, I don't Stewart. think you were down there, Bob, but John was. He toyed with the Eagles this summer. They they, oh, yeah. they destroyed the Eagles oh, in the joint God. practice that they had. Yeah, Darius well, Slay came up with uh came up with an injury. In- yeah, the first time he saw Tyreek Hill go by him, he said, All right, I'm gonna take it's really <laughs> hot. I'm gonna take today off. I heard Jody, I heard that Bradbury was pretty good in, the, in that scrimmage too. Yeah. yeah, he was everybody yeah. got burnt, but uh Bradbury, as slow as he may be, he didn't come oh. off with an injury the way Darius Slay did. God, you, yeah. you need a sand dial to, to get his 40. T- <laughs> you, you you are gonna die on that hill. I'm gonna I give, I give you credit yard. for it. You're 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 taking your last breaths, but I'm you gonna are going to stay dying yard. on that hill. That the Eagles are going to be uh, seventeen and zero. Bradbury's going to lead the league in interceptions, and Bob is going to tell you that. No, but well, but the guard know. league in interceptions. How about that? Yeah, he is leading the league in interceptions. That's a let's talk about the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, you know, part of it is the Eagles expended their avenues early. Um, they got Chauncey. Uh, Right as the season started, they got Robert Quinn uh, in the lead up to the trade deadline. You think, you know, people get all excited about the splash on trade deadline day, but the Eagles did their work early. Isn't that the way you should look at it, Bob Groats, or is that too? Uh... They, they were shopping for bargains, and uh, and they got some bargains. You know, let's, let's be honest. I mean, Robert Quinn, even if he doesn't have anything left, that's a no-risk deal. You don't have to pay his salary. Wow, that's zero risk. That's third, negative risk. You give yeah. him a third day. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, both you guys. How can it be zero risk? But you also say, well, the Eagles used the draft pick, so they couldn't go out and do other uh, things. Because yeah. they're it, a Super Bowl it was contender. a cost. You have to admit that it's a cost because yeah. yeah. they could have the picks to use uh, to get somebody else. It's a third day. Uh, and, uh, and they're, you know, you got to get a little bit luckier to get like a Jordan Malata or somebody like that, you know, on the third day, yeah. it takes a few years to develop. So I, I but also I, they're a Super Bowl contender that plays into it. Like if, if they're a, a Houston, Texas team, I'll tell you, that's the dumbest trade on the planet, even though they gave up nothing for it. They're a Super Bowl contender. I mean, that plays into it. I I would strip if if, if NFL general managers had, sort of the military stripes, I would strip Brian Poles's off. I would strip Mickey Loomis's off because they don't deserve to be in the same regime as Howie Roseman. He's working on a different level. You talked about James Bradbury playing chess. Howie's playing chess with all these goofballs who think and they're, they're playing, contenders. And they're playing checkers, the other guys. Yeah. All right. I can see that, yeah. But he's getting he's getting bargains, too. If we believe any of those rumors out there about uh, McCaffrey, he offered him what? Did he even Third offer round a, pick. A, a second day pick? All right. Yeah. And what did he go for? Not not a whole lot more than that. He went. Oh for, yeah, he uh, got he, he got went, they got a two or four, three a four and a five. Yeah, four picks. It's a big difference between one pick and four picks. Yeah, they got a two. That was a non-offer offer. Is how I described it by Howie. Um, he knew he wasn't getting. 
but he yeah. didn't want him. He just wanted to keep an eye on the value. By the way, he's a great player. Now he's always hurt. He might get hurt walking to practice today, but man, is he good. Yeah, man, is yeah. he good. Oh man, he, he runs for a touchdown, catches a touchdown, throws a touchdown. That's pretty good considering he was there about 20 minutes before yeah. he put up touchdowns three different ways. All right, tonight's game, uh, Mr. Groats, we think the Eagles are going to win. We think the Eagles are going to win handily. If they do, um, what is going to be the CEO coach for the second half? If they're up 24 to 3 at halftime, uh, and of course, they'll get the ball first because they'll win the coin flip and defer. Um, so, uh, what is Nick Sirianni attempting to achieve if uh, they're up by three touchdowns by halftime? You know, you could play some other guys in, in the second half. He did that on Sunday with Gardner Minshew, as a matter of fact. You know, get 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 some other guys some time. That's all you can do, really. And uh and just hope nobody, you know, play so nobody gets hurt. And they have a great running game to do that. They they can burn clock like like nobody in the league right now. So uh, that and that uh that's another great component of uh of this attack and stuff. They have that figured out right. Um I think it is. I, I I look for a score of about thirty to thirty to twelve or thirty to fourteen, something like that. I don't see the Eagles taking the foot off the accelerator, not right now, even with the the World Series stuff and that coming on. So uh, and Hurts, uh, uh, you know, maybe not as many people, sports fans, get to see him uh, make his make his early case for MVP. But uh, there's going to be a lot of people that see him. And oh, by the way, this these Amazon games, these are the most boring games in the world. And this tonight will bear that out too, you know. They they got the I mean, they can't do anything about it, but these games are atrocious. I mean, yeah. You know, it's gonna be hard for me to keep watching this, you know. Thursday football. Yeah. It'd be hard for me, but I'm gonna be there. So technically I'll, yeah. I'll, I can't turn it off. So um I, I, here's the most difficult part of this game for Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen. You want to get Jalen Hurts going, involved, throwing the football in Houston. You know he's excited about it, despite the fact that Jalen never shows excitement about anything. He really wants to play well in this game. But this is the 32nd-ranked run defense in the NFL. They're just awful. They can't stop anybody. And what the Eagles still do best, Bob, is run the football. They could just run the football down this team's throat at will, but then that limits your passing game. Is that a kind of a weird problem? Yes. Yeah, they no, want to get Jalen Hurts involved? No, because I don't think they have much of a pass defense either. And, and that's kind of, you know, people are killing the clock on them the whole second half. Steve they, Nelson's they, there, Desmond King, they're playing well. The, nah, the front have, seven's not playing well. They don't have much of anything, and uh, and they're always playing catch up. So, and you you can easily run the ball on that. But I I think he is going to air it out. I mean, he I don't think he can help himself now after throwing yeah. touchdown passes last week. No, nah, they're not just going to hand the ball off the whole game. I look for about two or three easy, and uh, and maybe run it for one. Uh, and it's going to come in the first half. That's why I asked the last question the way I did. If they're up 24 to 3. Yeah, I think they'll throw it the whole first half. And they'll come out yeah. and run it the whole second half. Yeah. Because and they won't have to throw it because they'll be up by three touchdowns. And they'll get two more touchdowns running it. I mean, I, Houston is uh, – they got they have real issues. And uh, and the coach and stuff, I don't know. I don't think that Lovey's going to be back next year. 
How, how, do, you, how do you fire your coach lobby. three consecutive years? Poor, that that just it. makes no sense whatsoever. I have a hard time believing he'll be back, though. I did. They need something down there. I don't, you know, they need Jalen Hurts, you know? Yeah. Would've and that nice. was one of the questions I asked John McClain when we had him on the other day. Both of you guys appreciate it if you didn't hear this yesterday. Um, I asked when the Eagles, and do not kid yourself, Eagle fans, no matter how much you love Jalen Hurts, the Eagles seriously pursued the former Houston quarterback who is now the soon-to-be-activated for Cleveland Browns quarterback, Deshaun Watson. I said, was it any time Jalen Hurts in the discussion for a trade? Because he's a Houston guy going home. If Deshaun's going to be the Eagles quarterback, it probably didn't come up because the Eagles knew that Deshaun was going to get some kind of suspension and somebody had to be the quarterback, and they weren't ready to flush the year this year the way that maybe the Browns were. But I just wondered if the Texans had inquired about Jalen Hurts and – Sure enough, John McClain stuck to his guns about the way the Texans feel about Davis Mills. He said, never came up. Texans were perfectly fine sticking with yeah, Davis Mills. Exactly you want to know why the I... Texans suck? Yeah. Because they think Davis Mills is better than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. That's why yeah. they're a god-awful organization. Well, there's nothing around them either, but you are I still agree with you. Yeah. That whole process, John is right. John McLean is right. That the Houston Texans were not interested in Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know. And it, by the way, if Jalen Hurts went down to Houston with that organization, that coaching staff, he wouldn't be the Jalen Hurts he is today. Probably I think not. it works. I think it works. I think it works both ways. But do you believe uh, he'd be better than Jalen Mills? Yeah. Uh Davis Mills. Mills. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That, that's, that, that's the only point, yeah. yeah. Would he be an MVP candidate with the Texans this year like he is with the Eagles? No, no chance, no shot. But he'd be significantly better than the Davis Mills, and that's why the Texans are the Texans. That That is correct. All right, Bob Groats. Final one from me you know, at I, Bob Groats. Delco yeah. Times, read him there. I forgot to mention James Bradbury is one of those – Dark horse MVP candidates too. So now, now, now he's doing the reverse psychology thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah. Now I'm going to give our buddy. Four of us were in a race. Guess who would win? Oh, not uh, even close. Yeah, he's going to beat me. I guarantee. Six knee operations. He's going to always beat me. a pleasure though, guys. Always a pleasure. Yeah. All right, Bob. One more. I'm not leaving. Nope. You, you got to answer this one. I got to give your plugs. That. Bob Groats, Delco Times, read them there. Uh, there is this viral video going around. I'll give Kevin Kincaid a crossing broad. That's where I saw it. A couple Eagles fans, um, they're shotgunning beers at a tailgate. Uh, guy and his girlfriend, he finishes, he gets down on his knee to propose to her after shotgunning beers. That has to be a Delco couple, right? Is I that correct? I don't know, but I don't know how long that marriage is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just met. They just met before the shotgunning. Yeah. The beers. Well, uh, good luck to them. <laughs> that 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 marriage will end will be faster than James Bradbury backpedaling. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Check like, out the video. All right. All right. He's in uh, rhythm now, man. All right. All right. Last <laughs> question for me. Where the hell are you going, Groats? Do you just like sitting out in the car? Because no, anytime no. we punch up, you put the phone up in the car, and or do you actually have somewhere to go? I am. I am where I need to be, but I'm in the parking lot waiting to get in there. So, uh, and and also I'm waiting to. Would you guys take uh, 95 South 
to get to Houston, or would you take the east-west turnpike and then go south? Which, you, uh, you, what's you are where you part? need to be. Is, are we yeah. talking a potential happy ending here? Yeah. Is that way? No. Just, just no. checking, Bob. No. Right. You got to go not. You got to find I thirty five South. I don't know how you get there. Go to sixty six right. and go. All right, I, go I, right. Make a right. right. I'll, I'll, yeah, because I'm getting conflicting GPS uh, directions. You know, like uh, hurry and, up. I, I need the one without the tolls. All right, you I'll still got time favorite. to get here. Still got time to get here. All right. Uh, good luck with that. Bob, right. always a pleasure, buddy. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks out there in the wilderness, on the wild, on the roads of America is Bob Groats. You never know where he's going or what he's doing, but he is always out there on the roads. And yeah, he thinks James Bradbury is slow. Somehow it doesn't click in for him that even if you're slow, if the other team almost never completes a pass against you, you're doing your job as a cornerback. How uh, yeah. your 40 time becomes completely irrelevant when you're one of the best cover corners in the National Football yeah. League. I don't think they're grasping to get Tay Gowan back, but I'm pretty sure Tay Gowan could beat James Bradbury in a 40 yard dash. Uh, Mac McCain or James Bradbury? Who, won's a, who wins a 40? Mac McCain. Not He's right club. about that. Uh, Kerry Vincent, Mac, uh, uh, James Bradbury. I'm going Kerry Vincent. Um, yeah, he's the slowest corner on the Eagles. By and the yeah. way, the slowest corner in the NFL is faster than most people in the world, by the way. You got that right. Faster than any of the three uh, of the guys who are just here on uh, Birds 365. All right, uh, timeout coming. We come back. Got a couple minutes left to put a bow on the show, including a prediction from both McMullen and McDonald on tonight's Eagles-Texans game. Keep it right here. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Philly sports fans, I'm Tom Giordano from Pond Lee Hockey Giordano. First and foremost, thank you for watching the Pond Lee Hockey Post Game Show. But right now, we're giving away tickets to the World Series. Follow Pond Lee Hockey on Instagram and check out our post for your chance to win tickets to all three Phillies home games. Go Phillies and go Birds. Mac coming down the home stretch of a game day edition of Bird Streets. We don't get these because we do Fridays before Sundays. Every once in a while, we get a Monday nighter, but we don't usually get Thursday game day editions of Birds 365. So, to put a wrap on this show, we need to uh, make a couple predictions. Here's the first one I want out of you, J Mac, because I acknowledge that Jordan Davis is already become a stud in the NFL and is only going to get better once he gets healthy, even though in case you're just tuning in on the IR, going to be out for the next four games, certainly tonight against the Texans. Um, but I, the, the way you're explaining it, it seems to me like you're thinking the Eagles defense is going to be doomed against the run. Uh, I'm not sure that's the case. Um uh, we'll just use average numbers. The starting running back for the Texans tonight is averaging. Not his best game, not his worst game. Seven games into his NFL career, he's averaging 77 yards per uh, game. If we set the over-under number tonight at 77, if Jordan Davis is this irreplaceable individual on the Eagles defense, you going over on Pierce getting 77 against the Eagles? Yeah, I'm going to go over. Uh, but not – I mean, to me, this game doesn't matter uh, because, you know, the Texans are so bad. They're not going to miss Jordan Davis in this game. That's not what I'm concerned about. Okay. Uh, upcoming games is what I'm more concerned about. The Texans are just so bad, they're going to be able to cobble it together. But I'm going over because the Texans have nothing else. So they're going to try to run the ball. They'll probably – you know, get a couple chunk plays and I'll probably get over that number because, you know, what else are they going to do? I don't think Brandon Cooks is going to play. So for that reason, sort of like the bad NBA score, somebody's got to score 20. If you're winning 10 games, somebody's still scoring 20. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go over for that. Uh, my Jordan Davis aspect is, is about the future and hopefully he's back after four games. If he is, he'll be back for that Tennessee game. That would be the first game eligible. I realize he doesn't play that much. Uh, but, man, people people aren't getting it. I asked Milton Williams that question because I get I got I I got a bunch of people on social media, Jody, saying, well, you just stick Milton in there. Milton said, I can't do what he does. No. Flat out said but, it. But it's a, it, it's a different philosophy. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a different, different position. It's a different position. Correct. And they don't have a backup for Jordan Davis. Unfortunately, their closest would be Marlon Tui Pelotu, and that's who will be the backup. So that means either less 5-2 fronts, less 5-1 fronts, 
more four-man fronts, and they could do that, and they could be fine. But they're not going to be as good or as versatile without Jordan Davis. And Right. But my, my point is the Eagles weren't the worst team against the run in the National Football League last year. They didn't have Kaiser White last year. They didn't have James Bradbury that last year. And they were still middle of the road against the run. I don't think the house is falling because Jordan Davis is going to miss the next three games. Well, it, 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 in a weird day, I don't think the house is falling, but I, I think it's a big part of their defense. I think it's a domino effect to their defense. It's it, Kaiser White was brought in here to, to make this team better against the pass. Hassan Reddick was brought in here to rush the passer. James Bradbury, obviously, was brought in here to do what he's doing, shut down receivers. You're not hearing any running game here. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's a playmaker. He was brought in to make plays yeah, in the all passing these, All these undersized guys. Shoot, I think Pierce may go for a buck 50 tonight. Well, I, I, I'm just saying it's something when you're when you're 7-0, and look, as Ralph said, Ralph back in, we're all nitpicking, and I'm nitpicking. But they are not a good tackling team. And now they have their big guy who demands double teams. Now you don't have to double team. I think it's going to be a problem when you go against and and at least competent teams. Now, tonight is not the problem. I'll repeat it again. Not tonight. The Houston Texans are an embarrassment as an organization, as a football team. Against better teams, I think it's going to be an issue, and hopefully he's able to get back in that four-week frame. No, and I I think they'll uh, be just fine against the run against whoever they play for the next three weeks. Uh, the commanders don't. So scare then me. you're on the camp of Jordan Davis isn't important. He's not as important as you're making him out to be. Is what I'm saying. I'm not suggesting he's not a good player. He's a very good player who's only going to get better over time. But I don't think to use the same phrase I used, the house is falling because Jordan Davis is out of the lineup the next three weeks. Well, I, I, didn't, don't, I, didn't I don't believe that's that. going to happen to the Eagles' defense. I didn't use the house is falling phrase. I did. He is, a, and I looked it up, top 10, number nine in the NFL from Pro Football Focus. I think a lot of people don't know that. That's higher than Fletcher Cox. That's higher than Javon Hargrave. That's higher than every interior defensive player. He is a really, really good player he just plays a position where you don't put up stats it doesn't so people don't recognize it agreed i i 100 agree with you on that um but i i don't know that the dominant no effect is going to be as great as you think it is we'll see tonight and we'll see if david pierce gets over 77 yards you got the over i got the under i got 31 13 eagles what do you got oh well, nice i got uh 31 16 31 16. So we're in the same ballpark. They the under over is right there. John's just over. I'm just under, but we both have the Eagles winning and covering tonight. Uh, good luck to the birds. Uh, John and I will be back again manana. We're hoping to have John again, uh, uh, Wi Fi permitting, and that was good to us today for at least the first hour. Uh, but we have uh, Eagles recap for you tomorrow here on Birds. Oh, we got to get this in like, share, subscribe. Also, no Rick Saratella today. Uh, Rick is not uh, doing a show. Oh, Ricky's out. Um, Rick is out. Uh, but yeah, I'll be back tomorrow um, for a while. I got to talk to you, Jody. I got to bail out to get to the airport a little bit early.
but gotcha. I'll be here for the start of the show. Not a problem. All right. Uh, he is John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We appreciate you tuning in. Both of us have the Eagles getting to 8-0 tomorrow. Be back in 2-2 two and two to find out how. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, Get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.